I'm Hartley Wright, and this is Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs. This episode is a continuation of a studio session in which we talked about the app text for Jesus. We reminisced and uh, reflected on a day of remembrance. We heard about some financial situations going on in the world. And this episode will not have any finances. That was all covered in our last session. This is part two. We play a brand new game that may be too inappropriate for this podcast. We also talk about a smoke bomb that I have. I cover a continuation of a spiritual focus that seems like it's been a year since you've heard the first part of that. I say it seems like a year because that's what it probably feels like to you, the listener, because we had such a long break between episodes. If, you, if you've just found us and you're picking up on episodes, then it probably seems like no break to you. But I'm glad you're here. Kevin is glad you're here too. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of our conversation. This is part two. Glad you're here. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast. Manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. All right, now I'm getting hungry. Okay, well. Stop talking food. Have you not had lunch? I grabbed something before I came here. Leftover enchilada. No. So you didn't have very much? No, I'm still hungry. Well, did you pick anything up off the craft service table? I did not. Well, that's... I had we to get to right go, to work. We need to get to a break then, and you can go grab. <laughs> we'll something go to the commissary. Craft grab service something. table. I'm. I'm just. I'm glad my kids are fully grown, or they would be in the studio every day just to get the stuff yeah. on the craft service table. That's you know, those that, freebies. They're hard to walk works. by. I almost got in a fight the other day. First fight. I haven't what? been in a fight forever. No way. I offended a guy. It was a friend. Oh, even better. Yeah, I offended a guy. We were. Talking. Was it at men's group? <laughs> no, it, it that wasn't. Been, that would have been even better. No, it wasn't. But it yeah, was. I was at my Bible study group. Yeah, Me and my was, buddy yeah. almost came to blows. Uh, but we were talking about parental things, and oh. so we were talking about his kids. And I've, I've known him for some time, and I know his kids, and I know some of the antics. He made a comment, and so I said something that was point on that agreed with him but took it to a step further. It's like he could see what his kid was doing, but not completely. He says, hey, you can't talk that way about my kids. He has three kids. He said, you can't talk that way about my kids. And then he thought about it, and he realized, well, you, you could. And so then he said, well, at least two of them. <laughs> can't and talk with, that way about and, two of them. Yeah. And without missing a beat, without thinking, first of all, I was not thinking, so my filter was not applied. And without thinking, without missing a beat, I said, why? Do you have two I haven't met? Oh, no. And that's when he got offended. Uh, yeah. His fist clenched. Oh, my God. I, I had trouble backing out of that one. <laughs> hey, that friggin' hurt. I want to pick up where we left off in our most recent episodes. I presented the illustration or the word picture of Michelangelo's mm-hmm. uh, depiction on the Sistine Chapel, yep. saying we have as much of God as, as we want, presenting it to you and I and the listener of saying, are we? Uh, it's, it's, it's presenting the question, are we like Adam who just lays back and says, Okay, I know God is reaching out to me, but I'm not going to make any effort. Let right. the angels reach right. up, you know, if I can do it. If it just happens, it happens. Or are we someone who's actually saying and and pursuing and making that claim? So there's that. That is one aspect. I also presented the opportunity and the invitation to sit with your desire and say, what is it that you desire God to do for you in looking at that desire? One of the purposes of this podcast in terms of faith is making God more accessible, not by means of an app on the phone, just personally. Mm -hmm. And so I understand that using that terminology that I've used as I introduced desire 
And as I and, and I as I use the word picture to illustrate, you have as much of God as you want. I'm going to honestly say I do understand that requires some illustration and some things that a lot of people could criticize and say I don't see anything biblical in that. I don't see anything Christian in that. But it's very Christian. It's very biblical in every way. And so to that, I just want to say this to kind of tie that together before we talk about where we go from our desire and when we know how much we're reaching out to God. And that is, I would just want to say that God has always and God will always invite people to interact with him in dramatic presentation and in poetry. So much of the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, it's poetry. Uh, so much of the, one of the criticisms, I was talking to someone um, a couple days ago, and they've said something, it's not new that I've heard, I've heard it my entire life. They were talking about certain stories in the Bible that they just think that sounds just like a myth. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that really happened, but that's part of the dramatic presentation and poetry. We have, God is a big part of our history. That is his story. And it's the story of people's faith that we rely on to help us understand and make sense of our own faith. As I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about the book of Ruth. Ruth is a narrative of a a part of Israel's history, a part of the history of God, a very important part, but it's a very short book. God is not a prominent part of that story in those four chapters. He's just mentioned a little bit, but as a reader, you're observing that God is really weaving together the circumstances and choices that everyone has made. And so that's very true. I'm thinking that true in our life. God is using those, weaving together the circumstances and choices that we're making to redeem and restore us to who we are. Now, in my life, I know he's doing these things. As he's weaving them together, it's part of his mission to redeem and restore me and, in a sense, to provide some healing. And he'll do that through other people. This is where I parallel with Ruth because I'm thinking of Naomi, who's the main person in that story, through Ruth and through a gentleman named Boaz, that's where she gets her healing and her redemption, her story, and it's really about their loyalty. But I think it's reflective of Christ's loyalty and the loyalty of those who are his people. We have this story of the interplay of God's purposes and will with our human decision and will. God did not just give us a mandate to say, here's what you need to do and everything is going to be right. He did not do that. He presented his message through dramatic presentation. Think about the disciples. They had an expectation of God that when God would be revealed to them as the Messiah, they had an expectation of that based on the Old Testament text, what they understood of the Old Testament text. When Jesus shows up, they have to reimagine Jesus because he didn't come in the way that they thought. So they have to reimagine Jesus's life in light of what they understand about the Old Testament text. And then after they have this life with him and have this whole experience and and see him crucified, resurrected, and ascended, now they have to go through and and they have to reimagine what is the meaning of all the Old Testament text in light of what they now know after reimagining who God was in the person of Jesus. So the Ark of the Bible, which is God's message to us, that's how we know what God wants us to how he wants us to live. The whole arc of the Bible, and it's God expanding our knowledge in in a life of uh, trauma. Because he knows we're gonna, he knew we were gonna be broken mm-hmm. because of the fall of man. First trauma is in Genesis three, the fall. Genesis four, not just a murder, but the murder of a brother. And then you have the flood and Noah and how traumatic that is. 
And so there's all of this violence. And then in that violence, God says, come, dwell, gaze, and inquire. This, this parallels what I talk about on this podcast of creating space for God because God communicates with us in the way that our brain works. It's kind of like, a, it's kind of like the, the Hebrew text itself. It, it's our brains work bottom to top and right to left. He lived, he died, he was resurrected. He, it's embodiment before explanation, like good artwork. For the listener who has been listening to each podcast, moving along with us, by now you've had two or three episodes to be thinking about how much of God do I really want and how much are you engaging with him of your own accord? Are you being more like Adam in the depiction on the Sistine Chapel and just saying, okay, I know God is there, but I'm not going to make any effort. But then, you know, are you more like that? Or are you somewhere, or, or are you making a little bit of an effort? Or are you somewhere between trying to embrace and fully engage? Uh, you know, hopefully you're mindful of where you are and what you are doing with that. Meanwhile, you're thinking about what is it that I would desire from God in, in the context of who I am as a spiritual being person. While you are thinking in that grid, even in those moments, we need to be thinking about how God's providence is at work behind every scene of our story. He is in the business of restoring and redeeming. You know, we have the healing and recommissioning of our own lives because he shows us how to do it first. So I understand that it takes imagination to say, what is it that I really desire from God? And yet it's part of that whole mystery, the mystery that we talk about. There's so many things that are mystery, mysterious that we can't understand. This is another way of me helping to exp- explain it. All right. That he shows rather than just tells and does. After these messages, we'll be right back. During this break, I have got to grab me some of those great smelling cookies from the craft service table. Fat chance. There's no cookies on the craft service table out there. Well, I don't see them here in the studio, and I've been smelling them cookies since this episode began. Those aren't cookies you smell, my friend. That's 100% yours truly. What? It's my new deodorant. Call me horrible hygiene hazardous halitosis Hartley no more. Are you telling me you're wearing cookie-scented deodorant? That's right. And you, too, can have the smell of freshly baked cookies with you all day long. Introducing armpit-activated cookie deodorant. Regular deodorant disappears soon after it is applied. Cookie deodorant stays with you all day long. Available in three refreshing scents. Chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, and pfeffernusa. Pfeffernusa? That's a cookie? Pfeffernusa is a nut-sized cookie spiced with ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, and pepper. I've always called those pepper cakers. Where are we, Kevin? In Norway, this is America, and in America, we call them Pfeffernusa. And it's one of the three fresh scents available in the new armpit-activated cookie deodorant. Well, I'm glad to know you're addressing your hygiene, but you'll still need to do something about... My halitosis? It's a two-for-one. The makers of armpit-activated cookie deodorant state this is one type of cookie dough you definitely can eat raw. Cookie deodorant, available at your local Fickle and Pickle and on shelves in seven and penny stores nationwide. Hello, and thank you for calling us. Do you have an F-bomb? I mean, I didn't I have do. one. All right. I do, but do you besides, want to do this other segment? The app? Yeah, what, what else you got? we got a game. Let's, all right, game. I'm all new, for it. A new Hit game. It. I need to ask our editor, hey, Claude, will we have to be, if I play this game, are we going to have to 
put an explicit warning on our Uh-oh. podcast. Oh, All right, we so, haven't before, have we? No, we uh, haven't. It's a twisted game of innuendos. I don't know how many episodes we're going to do this. It just depends on could be a what happens done. and how much has to be censored. All right. We'll see. So this is a party game designed for a lot of people, but you and I are going to play this too. So we're going to alter the rules a little bit. So really the name of the game is, that's what she said. Before both of us are five setup cards. I'm placing before Kevin a deck of phrases that he will draw from. I have cards that I will draw from. We're going to draw five cards from our phrase pile. One of us will turn over a setup card, read the setup card. Each of us will pick from our phrase cards a phrase to match the setup card. Okay. I'll present mine, you present yours. Between the two of us, we'll judge who wins that round, who has the better phrase. Got it. If you win, you keep that setup card. If I win, I keep the setup card. There are five setup cards. We'll go until one of us has three. Okay. Then what we'll do is because we've given up a card, we'll also have the opportunity to ditch the least favorite phrase card we have. We'll draw two more. That's why we have a little stack here to go on to when we're down to four. Okay. All right? Got it. So why don't you just pick one of those setup cards? Let's go more closest to me. So I will read this so the listener knows. I would definitely give a homeless person some money if their sign said. I would definitely give a homeless person some money if their sign said, I love salty nuts. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to laugh at this. That I, Do you read yours or do I read yours? Yeah, I would definitely give a... Homeless person, some money. If their sign said it's hammer time, <laughs> I did the best I could. I think salty nuts. I think I'll give that one to well, you. I figure if they're homeless, they're hungry. I'm gonna get rid of one. All right, two. You can tell who the experienced innuendo player is. Well, no, I've never. I've, I oh, should. I should say this. this. I've never played this oh, before. Okay. I bought this several years ago and realized it was inappropriate. Oh, so we're going to do it on our podcast. So we're going to do it on our podcast. Perfect. Our faith podcast. Because it was too inappropriate to play in the privacy of your home, but on a podcast about faith, it's totally all right. We're in there. Yeah, unless Claude says we got to put up the. That's what separates us from the rest of the podcast out there. All right, I'll turn over a setup card. At Thanksgiving, I hugged my father in law and whispered. At Thanksgiving, I hugged my father in law and whispered. I'll be shirts and you be skins. At Thanksgiving, I hugged my father-in-law and whispered, have you ever dressed up as a maid? All right. We really need a third party to, <laughs> really to, to vote, vote with us. I, I'm going with, uh, I, I like mine better because right. I went shirts and skins because you kind of play, yeah, yeah. pick up Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Football. Yeah. Oh, no. Donald Trump is changing the name of Air Force One to no. like... Donald Trump is changing the name of Air Force One to Are You Envious Because Mine Is Bigger Than Yours? (laughs) Donald Trump is changing the name of Air Force One to This Kitty's Got Claws. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that one. (laughs) This was more of a reference to crowd size because, you know, he was all, my my crowd was bigger than Obama's. Yeah. I I like yours better. Okay. (laughs) This Kitty has... (laughs) All right, I've got two, you've got one. All right, I gotta draw something. After a long day at work, I arrived home, took off my bra, and cried. <laughs> I'm laughing because I see Kevin's. After a long day at work, I arrived at home, took off my bra, and cried. My toes are curling. Uh oh. After a long day at work, I arrived at home, took off my bra, and cried. There she blows. <laughs> 
I don't know if either one of those are really good. Are you put that in the tide pile? Yeah, let's put that All in right. the tide pile. So now, oh, but if I win, if you, so if you win the next one, we'll be, t- that's okay. We'll just keep score okay. from episode to episode. My last Tinder date stormed out after my roommate said, my last Tinder date stormed out after my roommate said, I bet you're pretty good with a harmonica. Is Tinder still, do you still, is I don't that know. still, I don't know. Let's assume it is. Yeah, let's assume it is. My best, my last Tinder date stormed out after my roommate said, have you ever tried docking? That's got to be mine, right? Yeah, that's got to <laughs> be yours. <laughs> yeah. This episode, we're tied at two. Two, two. And so, one. listener, you want to be sure to catch us on the next episode to see who. Would we break the tie? Yes, that's right. Oh, mercy. Courtney was asking me about uh, if we should pick up a game to take when we go on a road trip. Visit my friends, Ken and Kelly. Yeah. I think we just found our answer. <laughs> now here, this is great. This is absolutely great. The time I feel perfect? very, I feel very great about this. Okay. That on the last episode, we clarified a new barometer. Yes. We clarified a new barometer. So this is great. All right. Because I can say... I do not have an F bomb, but I've got a I've got a cherry bomb. All right, and it is applicable and it is current. It is just so I remember. Smoke bomb, cherry bomb, F bomb. Yes. Okay, I remember. So this is a cherry bomb for me, right. which means just to clarify for the listener, because they may not have heard the list. Right. Which, by the way, we would recommend listening to the list because the list, the list. That's the name of that episode, the last episode we had. It's called the list. I've heard that it's pretty funny. I posted it on Facebook and LinkedIn. In my department chair, listened to it on her way home. <laughs> she liked it. <laughs> so we would recommend listening to that. If you Okay, so uh, cherry bomb means it gets you worked up a little bit, a little, little smoke there, but it's not really, you know, not really exploding. So this is what's happening in my life. I see my personal physician twice a year. Mm-hmm. When I had my appointment in March, I said, I would like you to order a sleep study for me because there's some concern I have sleep apnea. Okay, that's great. I'll order one for you. You'll have to, you'll, they'll probably do a take home one, but you will have to contact me to ask me to get the results. Anything related to sleep studies, I get, I don't get any information. Okay. So he tells me this perfect patient centered healthcare. Exactly. So this is March. I leave the appointment in March. So we, he orders the sleep study. So you have to go in. I have to to go in. No, I have, no, it's, it's a take home. About a week goes by when I get a call from the hospital to schedule it. She could not find times for me to come in and pick up the equipment. I had to wait over a month until May 1 <sighs> to do this. But I oh, have to go in. To I have to be admitted me. into the hospital oh my God. as a patient. You've got to be kidding me. I have to go up to a certain floor of the hospital, which is a ghost town. There's no one there. So it's a floor that's abandoned. There's no patients. There's not, there's not even nurses on this floor but it, but I think it, I think a part of this floor is where the sleep lab was. But again, I was admitted, had the wristband on, go up and I get get what I need. We go through all the documentation, I get what I need, and I'm get my instructions. I come home and I take the sleep sleep study test at home, return it to the hospital. My take home sleep study was May one. The nurse tells me you really want to give it about a week, so that's like May eighth. I'm hardly right, so you know that when's the earliest I'm going to follow up on that? July 1st. Yeah, you're pretty pretty <laughs> doggone close. So the 1st of July, I say, can you check? I had a sleep study May 1. Can you check on the results? 
Takes him a, a, about a week, a little more than a week to get back. Says, yeah, here's the results. I have very aggressive sleep apnea. Maybe aggressive isn't the right word. Severe. Severe would be probably more important. All right. He says, I recommend doing an overnight study. Right. So I said, yes, go ahead, put in the order. I'll take an overnight sleep study at the hospital. It's about a week later, I get a call from Boone Hospital. It's a nurse. Says, I'm here to schedule your uh, overnight study yeah. at the hospital. I said, that's great. It's great. I, I I need one. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Let's set one up. She says, we're, we're really pretty busy. It's kind of hard to get people squeezed in and find times. She says, well, the first date we have available is November. They are, really? I said, that's like four months out. She goes, yeah. So you're, so let me just clarify. She really learned to hate this phrase by the time we were done. I said, let me just clarify. Today is July. I think it was July 20 something. And we're scheduling this the first time that you have available, which is November 12th. Four months out. And she says, yes. I said, okay, I just wanted to clarify that. And so then I said, so, okay, so let's set it up. We set up the appointment. And then I said, now hang on. As she's scheduling it, I said, hang on a second. Let me, let me clarify this. I just want to clarify because I may not understand. I am, you are scheduling this appointment for me because I have already taken an at-home study and that at-home study revealed that I have severe sleep apnea. Severe means it's kind of urgent. So it's urgent that I get in and get an appointment and you're telling me I have to wait four, four months. months. I hope that my sleep apnea is not, or maybe I should say sleep disorder. I hope my sleep disorder is not so severe that I'm going to die of a heart attack between now and November. I'd hate to say that, well, he, would, he was due for a sleep study, but he couldn't get in for right. four or five months. She says, sir, you're really, I, she got flustered then. She says, she starts to push back a little bit. She says, I'm just the nurse. I'm just here to schedule the appointment. I think it's also curious that if I took one at home and you're able to tell how that it's severe, and I'm sure it's for observational purposes that you want sure. to know how it is, but you know it had to register what I left. And so then she says, well, sir, she thinks she's going to help me. I don't know why she's not calling me by my name, but she says, sir, I'm looking at your order here and it is a split study. What does that mean? That's what I asked. <laughs> she said, well, usually that means that they're going to put you on oxygen for part of the night and then not oxygen for the other night and oh. observe you that way. So I say, okay. And we move on. We're about done with the scheduling. And I said, hold on a second. Let me just clarify something. I have a severe sleep apnea. It's, it's so severe that we have to get this done as soon as possible, which I can't. I have to wait for four months. Uh -huh. And now I'm telling you that it's so severe that we really need to, that I really need to be observed how I sleep through an entire night. But you're going to interrupt that sleep. Now I'm kind of playing with her because I understand you yeah. do have to interrupt if it's going to be half oxygen right. and half not. And so I'm giving her, I'm harassing her about this. All we have left to do is set the time. So she says 7.30 for me to go to, to the hospital. Check in. To check in. I said 7.30. <laughs> Let me just clarify with you. <laughs> 7.30, I'm not, do I have to How go to sleep? How old do you I, think I do, am? Do I have to go to sleep at 7.30? So this is a smoke bomb So you're bomb probably going to play some innuendo until you fall yeah, asleep. I'm going to have to have something to do because I'm not falling asleep for a long time. And then here's my other question. When I get there at 7.30, am I going to be in that ghost town? wing of the hospital on that certain floor with no one else around, including medical staff, right, right. for hours. <laughs> just cameras. Well, I just saw my doc last... Um, and the doc was aware that you're not I just saw my doc last week, and so he said, he said, did we ever get that sleep study <laughs> did we done? Ever get and he said, because... And then he reiterates, he says, because 
I never get any communication. Stuff happens with them, and I don't know anything. And I said, oh my. yeah, you did. You said, I, I have it severe. You recommended an overnight. And they scheduled it for November, so it's a, not for another three months. And he just commented on how that's a system and how it works. And, and he really, what he really said was that hospitals can get away with stuff like that. But you know that if you needed to get in, they would find a way to get you in. So I said, well, do I need to get in? Because yeah, I don't want to die. Yeah. You could make that order. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah, you're right. It's turned into a little bit of a smoke bomb for me now because of the whole healthcare delivery system. Yeah. yeah. Just another example. Right. Well, listener, our future selves need to be somewhere else, so our present selves are going to say goodbye. And thank you very much for listening. I hope this episode has been very entertaining for you, and I hope it's been informational. We appreciate you listening. Hey, listen, uh, I've never said this and neither has Kevin, but if you'd like to give us a review, we'd love for you to review our podcast. You can do that on whatever app you listen. There's uh, ways to do that. We have had one review and it was a stellar review. I haven't looked recently, so maybe there's more than one. Um, But you can also leave a comment for us by going through, uh, well, you can go to our show notes. There you can leave a comment. Uh, There you can find a way to email us. Uh, You can X us which used to be called tweeting us. You can also respond to a question. Oh, that's another new thing we're doing. Providing a question for a listener to answer. So we did not introduce this, but we will put a, if you are a Spotify, if you're on the Spotify app on Spotify, we'll put a question. You can respond and we'll hear you. You'll hear us next time. Wow. Cool.